0: Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis.
1: Listen to you move your mouth, I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess, you from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff, I swear I
0: Welcome to Talk Money, and now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Well, welcome to today's program. It's good to have you with us. As you know, the markets are off to their best start of the year since 1987. What does that mean for the rest of the year? Well, I've heard some aggressive predictions from some analysts, and we're going to try to dive into it today. And we have with us a special guest, Rusty Leonard, who's a frequent guest of ours from Stewardship Partners. He's going to kind of give us his ideas and kind of, I guess, the best thing we're going to do is ask him, should we expect the rest of the year to be like this first quarter? Why? Why not? I mean, let's find out from Rusty when he comes on with us in a few minutes. In the second half of today's program, a frequent guest of ours, Jill Dyson from Angel Street Ministries is here to share with us some news about what's happening with Angel Street. You're going to be excited about what you hear happening in our great city and Angel Street and what they're doing. From our Did You Know Files, the bull market was 10 years old in March, the longest Bull market in history, and the here's a thought for you, the most unbelieved bull market in history. More skeptics than ever. It goes to show you, without any question, it's difficult to predict the market. This comes from the National Bureau of Economic Research. The United States has been in recession During the just 83 months of the last 50 years, that's equal to 14% of the months during the last half century. Now, the last recession in the United States ran for 18 months and ended June 2009, nearly 10 years ago. Here's the thought. The longest expansionary stretch in history, based upon records maintained since 1854, that's you 1824, 54, is 120 months. The decade from March 91 to 2000, March 2001. So we are nearing another record of growth in this great country of ours. June 2019, I think we're going to make that new record. No question about it. The Department of Labor reports that the percentage of Americans that are unemployed or are working part-time only because they're unable to find full-time work has fallen to 7.3% for the civilian labor force as of March of 2019. That's the lowest percentage reported for this statistic since December of two thousand. So we're obviously in a great expansion. Forty five percent of Americans adult American adults surveyed by Gallup are concerned that a major health event that surgery, sickness, or disability could force them into personal bankruptcy. Also, Bankers Life A Center for Secure Retirement recently published seventy nine percent of middle aged baby boomers overlook pa- excuse me, overlooked savings dedicated to long term care completely overlooking the need and finally for the tax filing year of 2082 well done well done we just finished it 92% of chose to e-file their taxes and 50% say they're going to plan to save their refund that comes from the IRS and the National Retail Federation well If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to Talk Money at Shoemaker Financial to find today's program or... On podcast or past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Coming up, Rusty Leonard. The markets are off to their best start to a year since 1987. What can we expect next? And Jill Dyson, Executive Director of Angel Street, helping young women understand their value, discover their purpose, and become creative leaders. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. This is is talk money
1: Podcasts of talk money are available in the itunes store just search shoemaker financial we'll be right back with more talk money after this jim shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of security
0: and financial services inc securities dealer member fnira sipc a registered investment
1: advisor shoemaker financial is independently owned and operated and now back to talk money with your host jim shoemaker
2: Well, we're going to be talking about the market, and we have someone who absolutely knows the market and has been in the market, been around the market, been a part of the market. You just name it. This guy knows what's going on. He is Rusty Leonard, founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners Investment Council. Welcome to the program, Rusty.
3: Hey, thank you very much. Always a pleasure to be with you.
2: Thank you, sir. It's a pleasure to have you, a frequent guest of ours, and someone, Rusty, I really do appreciate because... What you give us is just a tremendous insight into what you see, and it helps us understand a little bit about what's going on with the market because reality is the market's off to its best start since 1987. I mean, its we're rocking and rolling up a percent 14%. I've heard people predicting 17% for the year. What typically happens after we get off to such a fast start like this? What, what are you thinking?
3: Well, of course, you can never never tell exactly what's going to happen, but we're going to give it our best shot here. And uh, you mentioned that the best start since 1987. And some people are probably thinking, well, 1987 didn't end very well.
0: Right? <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> that was the year of
3: the crash. That was the year of the crash. And actually, the market was up that year in 1987. It went up so much before it crashed that even after the, the crash, it was still, end of the year, I think, 4 or 5% higher. So, uh, So what typically happens if we, we – took a look uh, actually uh, a group called lpl a uh, brokerage firm went and analyzed the um, ever since 1950 they said how many, what happens after the market's been up more than 10 percent in the first quarter and they found in nine out of ten times uh, the market went up higher uh, in the final three quarters of the year so it added to its gain nine out of ten times so you know you might think you know Knee-jerk reaction might be, "Hey, the market's getting ahead of itself, and this is, uh, you know, this is something that I need to take some profits." Uh, nine out of ten times, it went up, and it averaged about another six percent gain uh, over the final uh, three quarters of the year in those situations. But at times, you know, the market had risen as much as sixteen percent uh, after that first quarter, you know, run-up. Uh, so you know, it's not something where you have to. Get all concerned that oh gosh this this might be a uh, a market getting too frothy because there's really very little signs of it getting uh, frothy at this stage. The
2: so what we're saying is you're looking at it from a from a very optimistic standpoint. Does this have anything to do? I know a lot of people look at the election year. This is a post pre you know midterm election, and if right. you look historically, post midterm elections have usually been pretty pretty good years. Does pretty that tie year? together? Yeah.
3: Yeah, that might be part of it, too. Yeah, there's a very strong uh, history of that. The In fact, in, a, in an election cycle, the very best month historically in a, over the four years of an election, you know, a four-year election cycle, if you look at those four years, the very best month was Janu- is January of this year. So it's we've passed it already, but that historically has been the, the month that performs the best. And, of course, we did have a very good January this time, too. Yeah. So it may be that uh, going right through it, – it, basically, it's it's good news right up until about August. Uh, of this year, and then you, know, you, you hit the normal uh, summer doldrums there for August, to September. Looking at that historic information, but really straight up through uh, through August uh, in a, in the election cycle, you have some pretty good returns.
2: Well, this brings me to the question. Why or what are the reasons that the market has done so well so far? I mean, is, is there a thump, something that you can specifically point to? Has this really been built on a firm foundation? Is this solid? Or are we just going to have a good year and fall apart at the end of the year? Yeah.
3: Well, you never know, right? This, this is the stock market. After yeah, it's all. the stock market, your You're right. Open. Keep your head on a swivel, right? You never know what's going to happen. But but what happened here, uh, what, the primary thing was uh, the market got crushed late last uh, year, which was kind of ridiculous. Uh, the economy was doing fine. There was no reason to be super concerned. But the market got itself all in a tither about uh, the Federal Reserve raising interest rates. And I, you know, it was justifiable to some degree, but it, it was just overdone in a major, major way. So we had a, a bear market, really, in the fourth quarter of 2018. In almost all assets, the S and P just narrowly missed hitting that 20% sell-off uh, uh, amount that triggers uh, the call for a bear market. Uh, but the Nasdaq hit it, and all small caps, mid caps, just about every other index went into a bear market. So part of it is a recovery from that bear market that should have never happened. The reason that bear market happened was that uh, the Federal Reserve, you know, was scaring people. And the reason the recovery happened was the Federal Reserve backed off. Mm. It and it just basically said, "Hey, we're not." We're not going to raise rates for the rest of 2019. And so all of a sudden, the, the, all the big uh, institutional investors said, oh, the Fed's not going to put a bullet in their head. It's safe to go back in the water. And they went back in, in a, <laughs> all at once in a big, big way and uh, pushed the market up. But it really just pushed the market back up to where it had been. So the foundation, I think, is actually pretty firm. I think uh, you know, we have an expanding economy. We have inflation that's under control and actually declining at the moment. Uh, we have wage growth. These are all. This is like the sweet spot for investors. And I think there's some risk that what we've seen so far turns into a kind of a bubble-like uh, mentality as we go through the rest of this year. Uh, I don't know if the Fed would allow that to happen. I think they might step in and say, hey, we told you we weren't going to raise rates for the rest of 2019, but we changed our mind. But uh, it, there's a possibility that we at least start heading in that direction where um, people start flooding money back into the market.
2: Yeah, it does always seem like the Fed does does a great job of semi saying what they semi want us to semi know. You know what I mean? They, they they allow that door to be just to crack in it to where they can always change their mind and they say, "Well, we never said definitively that we were going to do this." And I, you know, I can understand that because they are dealing with the market and the economy. So yeah. let me let me ask you this: when you talk about unemployment and wage growth. You know, we look at that curve a little bit. We look at that coming together. Are you concerned about a business recession with actually wages? I mean, all of a sudden you've got 10, 15, 20 companies, big companies that have come out and said, we're going to raise wages. We're going to go to this minimum wage of $20 an hour, $15 an hour. What's your take? What's your thoughts?
3: Well, first thought is that that's a very good thing. Uh, The minimum wage is way too low. Uh, If you look at it really peaked in 1968 on an inflation adjusted uh, basis. Uh, so, and it hasn't kept up with wages generally. Uh, if, it, if it kept up with wages generally, it probably be the minimum wage would probably be about twice what it is now. And if it had kept up with pr- productivity, uh, it'd be about $19 an hour right now. So, you know, the productivity of the worker should be reflected in his wages, right? And right. it hasn't been. So, so i'm 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 in favor of companies i don't i'd rather i like the fact that the companies are raising the minimum wage and it's not the government forcing them to i like the fact that it's the free market that's making this determination and so i have no problem with that and of course that is reinforces as they raise minimum wages and we're in a non-inflationary environment generally that's like a picture perfect world for the economy uh you know people have more money to spend they're going to put it to work and you know buy a new car or you know fix up their house do whatever they're doing and you know, This is a, a positive thing for the economy to see these minimum wages or the wages being raised well above minimum wage and kind of making the minimum wage an antiquated thing that we don't even need to look at. So hopefully that's the way it goes, and uh, you know, we just kind of make the government look silly for keeping the minimum wage where it is because the reality has moved well beyond them.
2: Yeah, that's a good point. If you just tuned in, my guest today is founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners Investment Council. He's a CFA. He's a frequent guest of ours, Rusty Leonard. It's always a pleasure to have Rusty with us. Rusty, one of the things that I think that so many people you know, you hear about this, this inverted yield curve. I mean, it, it, we kind of pound that a little bit with the media. It, is it yep. signaling an upcoming recession? I mean, even if the Fed is relented and held back and, you know, we we've we really we saw that really kind of, you know, when you look at two headwinds, you think about housing and you think about mortgages and all this stuff. And when they backed off, I mean, it, literally, it kind of gives everybody a spurt. But is this inverted yield curve as big of a deal as everybody says it is?
3: Uh, it's pretty big deal. I'm, I, I'm, I wouldn't not pay attention to it. It kind of has a perfect track record of predicting recessions going way, way back. But the time frame that it, you know it makes its prediction when it when the yield curve goes inverted. And we won't bother boring people with what that actually means. So just trust us. This, this this is a little technical thing that we all here in the business look at, and you don't need to know. You just need to know what the outcome is. And so it. it and there's different yield curves you can look at. So people who are trying to predict a recession are saying, oh, it's already inverted. But the, the key one, the one that we really focus on, hasn't inverted yet. It came very, very close, but it has not inverted. So it hasn't te- technically given off the signal, but it's been like right on the borderline of giving that signal, signal off. And as I said, it's got a pretty good track record, but it, it predicts you know, up to two years in advance. So it may, if say it inverts tomorrow, the whole the whole thing, you know, inverts tomorrow, and it's, the signal is given, we may have up to two years before we see that recession. That's a long time, and uh, you don't need to uh, panic at this stage of the game. And in fact, it's it's never a situation where the recession happens tomorrow. It's uh, you know at least you know six months away probably uh, before you have a recession. And then given the backdrop we have of the economy right now. Uh, it'd be very difficult to see how that recession would, you know, happen anytime soon. You got good economic growth, low inflation. Uh, you don't have the banks are in good shape. You know, they financially they're in good shape. There's not a lot. Uh, even the average uh, individual's uh, debt situation isn't horrendous versus what we've seen at other peaks. So you know, it's it, there's just not a the formula isn't there. Or uh, a big nasty recession
2: at the moment. I sense a little optimism from you. Now, I've known you long (laughs) enough and I've been around you long enough. I've sensed it to go both ways. I mean, sometimes you are a little more pessimistic, but I do sense some optimism today. Am I just, um, do I really hear that or what?
3: No, I think that's accurate. Uh, you know, like I said, you got to keep your head on a swivel. Things can change quickly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, we we all know that from being in this business so long. Yeah, But at the moment, uh, we're kind of in that sweet spot. All right, everything well, from uh, top down is
2: looking pretty good. What do you think about the trade deal with China? How, how is that going to affect us? I mean, that seems to be, you know, it comes, it goes, it comes, it goes, it's back, it's not yeah. back. I mean, what's what do you think?
3: It's so funny that, uh, you know, President Trump, you know, anytime the market starts lagging, he runs out and says, <laughs> you know,
2: those trade deals looking pretty good. But, yeah.
3: you know, we don't have uh, any real details of any consequence on it yet. So we uh, we have rumors. Uh, so uh, I think that for the marketplace, just getting something done and removing that uncertainty is going to be a positive. And I think it will also be something that will uh, you know, definitely be a positive, not just from a perceptional standpoint, will be a positive. It will actually be a positive. And the question will be how positive. Right. When we get the details, we'll be able to make a judgment as to how positive it will be. One of the things that has leaked so far is that the Chinese have, you know, semi-committed to narrowing that trade gap to almost nothing, and that would that would mean that they are buying a lot more of our goods, which is great for our our country. Uh, you know, instead of us just importing stuff from China, China would start importing a lot of stuff from us too. So, uh, and to bring that trade gap almost down to zero, I'll believe it when I see it. But that's the the rumor, and if that is anywhere near if it's even half true, that's a big positive that would create a lot of jobs in our country, and it would just you know be a great blessing a great
2: good. that's good
3: yeah well, great testament to trump
2: yeah that let me i guess with that in mind with china and creating jobs here. It seems to me, if we just back away and kind of say, okay, what can you say in a couple of words? It seems like the U.S. economy, as you mentioned, low and or almost no inflation, fading inflation, good wage growth, moderate economic growth. But let me ask you this. Let's look across this pond over here, and let's go to Europe. And I hate that Paris just went through this tragedy with the burning uh-huh. of Notre Dame and all that, but it's brought us to the awareness, is Europe is Europe doing it, what if they fell into a recession? I mean, let's, Europe or China, either one of those. What happens if they fall into a, a recession? Could that impact our fellow financial markets?
3: Yeah, it could. Uh, Europe less so than China, and maybe even China wouldn't affect us as much as we would think. But uh, let me just first say uh, that the uh, the U.S., in terms of the, the Olympics of global economies, the U.S. has won the gold medal, medal every single Olympics here recently. We are just doing so much better than the rest of the world coming out of the Great Recession back in 2008. And, uh, and we're just beating the pants off everybody. So our economy is doing great, and our stock market kind of reflects that to some degree. But Europe has struggled. And so uh, you may have heard me earlier saying that, you know, we have good economic growth, wage growth, low inflation, and uh, bank systems in good shape. Uh... Well, Europe can't say all those things. They can say they don't have much inflation. In fact, they're still worried about deflation over there. Uh, But they don't have great growth. Uh, It is turning up a little bit. It was weaker, and I will say, in both Europe and China, we don't know if we can believe the Chinese numbers, but to the extent that they're accurate, uh, we're seeing a little bit of an upturn uh, across the globe in growth after kind of a winter slowdown. And so that's a positive. Uh, So it doesn't look like, uh, you know, Europe was teetering on the edge of a full-fledged recession. Here's the thing with Europe, though. Because of their socialistic bent on their capitalistic markets over there, they're still capitalists, but they're, they're just much more socialistic than we are in the way things uh, operate. The government has a much bigger role. Uh, they don't tend to have great growth ever. You know, they, Their economy never grows very, very fast. There's not a lot of creativity or innovation going on there. But they also don't collapse as hard. So even when they hit a recession, it's just not that big of a recession, typically. They don't get uh, clobbered like we, we might here in this country. Uh, and we don't have enough interconnection with Europe from an economic perspective. Their you know, imports and exports to us are, are pretty minimal, really, uh, relative to the size of our economy. And so it, it just has a, an effect on the, on the margin. And then with China... China's at much greater risk of a big blow-up of a recession. That's probably – it remains You know, – we've talked about it many times in the program. If they ever lose control of their debt situation, well, we've got a big problem probably all over the world, but particularly in China, but it would just feed through the rest of the world in one form or another. And uh, so that's the one that I always – when I, my head's swiveling around, it's always swiveling towards China.
2: Mm. Well, I, that's such important for us to understand because I appreciate what you said. The difference between us, say, in Europe – is the size of the peaks and the troughs. Is it just, you know, right. that's, that's a big idea. Let me ask you a question. Last question. Are we seeing speculative behavior today in today's markets? I mean, are we seeing that um, movement to where everybody thinks, well, hey, the market's going up. It's been doing this. I can now make – is that speculative? Are we seeing a lot of movement in the market where maybe this guy has never invested, now he's invested, or we're taking over this huge optimism? I'm using that word again. So let's everybody buy? Yeah.
1: No, uh,
3: I'm not seeing much of that at all at this stage of the game. Uh, So you normally would expect to see money flowing into mutual funds and large, you know, hitting records. You'd see lots of overpriced uh, initial public offerings. You'd you'd see a ton of margin debt, suggesting there's all kinds of speculative behavior going on. And we're not really seeing any of that, which means we're set up for that to happen. If that happens, then that will drive the stock market much higher. So uh, with the with the kind of the sweet spot situation that we have going on in the marketplace, that investors haven't fully uh, taken on board yet as they start taking on board. It's a pretty good set of circumstances. And the market just keeps climbing up every day. That will attract all that speculative behavior, but we're not there yet.
2: Well, wow, well, I wish I had another hour with you. I mean there's so much information. <laughs> Rusty Leonard, founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners, always very helpful with us, understanding the markets and just putting it into uh, putting it into, I guess a language that everybody can understand, so much appreciated. And I guess I am going to use this word. Rusty Leonard is optimistic.
3: It's not not, not often you can do it, right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, yeah, but I like it. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Rusty. I appreciate you, man. Have a great day. Happy Easter to you, man. And the same to you. Thank you, sir. When we get back, we're going to talk with Jill Dyson, and she's going to tell us what's going with Angel Street Ministries right here in our great city of Memphis, Tennessee. It is amazing to see how this ministry is impacting young ladies in our city. Stay with us. We'll be back. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money.
1: Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
0: Neither Securian Financial Services, Inc. nor Shoemaker Financial are affiliated with Rusty Leonard, Stewardship Partners Investment Council, Inc., Jill Dyson, or Angel Street Ministries. The views and opinions expressed are those of Rusty Leonard only, and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian Financial Services, Inc. or Shoemaker Financial.
1: And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Well, I tell you what, I have dressed up the studios to another level today. We have with us Jill Dyson, she is the executive director and founder. If you're watching us on Facebook, do not spend any time except with her. She is the one that's definitely, I mean, Greg and I are in here. You know, we're just in here. We're just paper, it's paperweights. That's all we do. And she dresses this place up, right? No question about it. All right. Aww. It's good to have you with us. You're Lady. making me
4: blush. Oh, no. Oh,
2: it's great to have you with us. But. Uh, I want, for everybody listening, you've been with us many, many times on the program. You're doing so much with Angel Street here in the city, but I think it's important that people hear, first off, as they're listening to you, what's the purpose of Angel Street?
4: Well, Angel Street really exists to mentor young ladies. Um, We are a music program but we use music as our vehicle and our purpose our why and reason for existing is to mentor and come alongside young ladies in our community um, who may not have access to arts and we mentor them through a music program so we do rehearsals uh, we have a lot of mentoring activities we just recently add a mentoring day to our rehearsal schedule throughout the week and that really focuses a deeper dive relationally where we get to kind of explore some things throughout the city. We'll do field trips, we'll bring in guest speakers and just really expose them to opportunities they may not have exposure to otherwise. Well you
2: said you said this when you were talking about Angel Street and, and the arts program in the school pro, in the school system today. Correct. It's not maybe like it was when I came in. I mean, obviously just money is tight and it pulls from everywhere. And and arts sometimes is that part of the program that, that suffers. Correct. You're coming into the public school system. Yes. In the urban areas, Mm -hmm. and you're you're providing an arts program, a music program for these young ladies, and you do that from a faith-based mindset. The school system allows you to do that, and you're teaching them. um, you, You said mentoring. Describe mentoring to me. What does that mean?
4: Really, mentoring is just having a healthy adult relationships that are present, that walk beside, um, that partner with communities um, such as the schools, the parents, uh, the centers to provide assistance, to to provide a safe place for unpacking some of the stuff that the girls may go through. Um really just to walk through all areas of life and then connect them to opportunity
2: you know we have a tendency if you live in part of the city to say well that just happens naturally and that's just we take it for granted absolutely and we need to we we need to wake up yes and realize that that doesn't just naturally happen happen mm-hmm. so i like what i want to read the purpose statement here that you've given me we seek to empower young women to understand their value discover their purpose, and become creative leaders. Correct. That is a powerful pur- purpose statement. When yeah. you talk about, what are the age groups? What, who are the kids?
4: We start at about the third grade, age eight, and we go all the way up to senior year in high school, around the 18. Um, but we love to also retain our participation and as they're going through school, um, we have about four participants in the past. Two current ones, including Tyrion would be the third. Uh, she's Definitely a, we'll a, a graduate. Yes, day. we'll bookmark you wanna, that. You want to
2: <laughs> listen to what's going to be going on here in a few minutes. You do not want to miss what we're going to tell you after we take a break. So yes. don't don't. You need a to lot of success stories. Very big success stories. Yes. we go ahead. This mentoring program and your success is you do have girls that mm-hmm. have now basically graduated Correct. and said, "I got. It. I was impacted. I want to come back." And you know that's not very. I mean, I know other ministries that don't have that success. What mm-hmm. what's what. Why do you think the girls are so concerned about the young girls and they come back?
4: I think they see themselves, and they also see the impact in this growing, thriving opportunity to pour into the next generation. And we create that culture from the beginning with our staff, who is just hands-on, passionate about the next generation— can kind of see themselves um, in you know our participants and the age that they're going through and remembering kind of where we were back in the day and mm. having that access to arts which really developed me personally since I was not athletic and that was just a great creative space to dump my energy and to really develop as a person and so I had that unique opportunity as much as our um, much of our staff did as well, and so we know the value and the importance of it and so we will always kind of organizations um, that we partner with. We're very strategic in seeking out areas that have limited access to the arts. Well, that Um, would be,
2: let's talk about that. This is uh, several schools in the North Memphis and the Graham Heights community. This is where you're, you're, you know, there's multiple schools, but you're Mm -hmm. staying in that general
4: area. Correct. We have the zip code 38107, which is where we first started five years ago in 2013. We were partnered at the time with Oasis of Hope, who has a real strong presence and longevity in the neighborhood. And so we were able to kind of come in under their program umbrella um, where they had established relationships, trust, partnerships with schools, um, location, facility. And so we were able to come in under their umbrella when we first started and that we would recruit you know, participants that were already active in their program. And that was a great stepping stone, but there was so much more that we wanted to do. We see a lot of turnover just because the area that we serve, there's um, a lot of rental housing, uh, single-parent homes, areas where there's a lot of movement. And so we have to really maintain a strong presence so that we can continue our growth with participants. We we don't want to, you know, miss the opportunity to continue their participation year after year, nice. and that takes a lot of work um, a lot of research, a lot of data that we collect to make sure we follow the students. You're
2: doing a lot more than just teaching music and just, I mean, this mentoring thing is, is very serious to you, and I yes. know that's your heart. Yeah. You you see it. I have a granddaughter that, you know, I have five grandkids, and, uh, you know, I'm, we're going to do a video here in a few minutes of the grandkids or a slideshow if we ought to do <laughs> that. You know, I could do that. Greg's not even <laughs> paying attention to me. You know, he just She's says, like, I don't wait, care. But, but the, the grandkids— and of my five, one of them is artsy. Oh, I mean, a hundred percent, and she's very sure. good. She's—I just found out that she's going to sing the national anthem at the the. She lives in Birmingham, and she's going to sing That's the fine. national anthem at the ball game for the professional team there, the Double A team. And I'm excited for that. Definitely, That's you know, great. Grandpa and Lolly's going to be there. But mm-hmm. here's the thought. Now she's being provided some ideas. Mm-hmm. And There's, and you talk about this. The right reality is, sports teams instills confidence and discipline, mm-hmm. and it seemed like we've moved to that and forgotten the arts yes. side. And that's so critical.
4: Well, when we first did research, after you know, this just started out as a one-time choir performance for a women's Christmas dinner, and we saw the impact and the power of just that mm. that season of engagement creativity, um, specifically all female, and just having this safe place and a big celebration afterwards and a creative project that came from it. Um, Tarian being the first um, 11, um, and she was actually a senior in high school. So we saw also during that next semester when we kind of took the time apart from that creative project to explore more a deep dive in relationship with Terri and as a senior, connecting her to opportunities for application to college and other artistic opportunities that she was really interested in that maybe had a limit where she currently was in school. So after that and seeing the success that was coming just from that one relationship and her desire to see Angel Street develop deeper roots and open doors officially, that following fall, we just saw the impact, but we were doing research at the schools, noticing that there was no music. And these are schools that Elvis Presley and Isaac Hayes had attended, yeah. and uh, you know Aretha Franklin from that same area, and there's no music in their schools. And so we saw that, but also to what you were saying about the sports, we were um, going to several of the Community centers that have gymnasiums that really do a great job at recruiting a lot of the guys and a lot of the girls, but yeah, yeah, but less inclined. If you're not artistic or if you're not athletic um, inclined, you you probably wouldn't have a you're space You're sitting in the corner. You know, correct.
2: Not, it's not that they shun you, but it's just a little bit of that. We're going to put the emphasis. Mm-hmm. In sports, and if you're not good enough, which is wonderful, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Now, we're not criticizing, yes, that. there needs to be the other opportunity, though. Exactly, just, just tuned in, so we my filled guess. both
4: of those voids.
2: Yeah, that, that's a good point. We, my guest is Jill Dyson. If you'd like to email Jill to just do it to Jill, J I double L, at Angel Street, that's one word, Memphis.com, Angel Street It's Jill at Angel Street She's the executive director. If you'd like to give her a call, telephone number is 901 Seven three five three three to find out how you could be more important, more involved with Angel Street. Coming back, we're going to talk about a big success story that's happened with Angel Street, and you need to be paying attention. This is what's going on when God's inside of a ministry and He's working through some people that are dedicated to having an impact. This is how God steps out and shows himself. Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to Talk Money.
1: If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
5: When Dr. Lemuel Diggs began his medical career at UT Memphis, the city had the highest maternal death rate in the country. When Dr. Diggs investigated the matter, he discovered that in most cases, the patients had bled to death. To stop this tragedy from continuing, he proposed the creation of a blood bank. He believed having refrigerated blood in maternity hospitals would save the lives of countless mothers, and he was right. Despite the clear need for such a project, the university did not have the funding for it. When Diggs appealed to the city, responsibility for the project was referred back to the university. The local community rallied around Diggs and provided him the equipment to open a blood bank in 1938. It was the first in Memphis and the South and the fourth in the country. This blood bank rapidly became a leader in the processing of plasma, and techniques perfected there dramatically improved the efficiency of hospital procedures, saving countless lives. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial.
1: Your host, Jim Shoemaker.
5: Oh, Welcome back. I am so
2: privileged to have this lady in the studios with us today, Jill Dyson. She is executive director and founder of Angel Street Ministries here in Memphis, Tennessee. Angel Street, Memphis. If you want to talk with her, AngelStreetMemphis.com. It's Jill at AngelstreetMemphis.com or you can give her a call at 901-857-3533. And let me tell you what, if you're looking to have an impact and you happen to be a lady, Who says, I want to take my extra time, and I want to, and nobody has extra time, but Mm -hmm. you can look for it, and if you see it, you can find it. And this is a ministry that you can have an impact on just the young ladies in our North Memphis and in the uh, area around uh, Graham Heights community. And I mean, just excited. And I've seen these ladies. And Jill, I don't mind telling mm-hmm. you, I'm always blessed when they come to the office and and other mm-hmm. things that we've seen them. And they just yeah. do a phenomenal job. Yeah, it's uh, it's their smiles, their 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 enjoyment of singing, and they're just you've created with your team. A, uh, a synergy in reality mm-hmm. you can just sense it and it's um uh, i think it's ha- you're having a great impact and i want to ask you if we could i'm just going to mm-hmm. toss it up and i'm probably leaving greg you and i can go if you want to because <laughs> once you get started talking about this you just put the buttons and whatever happens we can just go she'll go forever <laughs> tarian yes what about it
4: well tarian like we had mentioned before the break is one of our original eleven members. She um, five years ago. Five years ago, really almost six. Six now, yeah, almost six. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we we had a just a really great um, relationship that was fast formed. And when I got to kind of get to know her. Post that first choir performance before we opened our doors officially as a program. We spent a lot of time, um, even writing music. At the time, I was pursuing um, being an artist and worship leader. So I had some opportunities that I got to include her in on um, for women's events and retreats and different performances. And I just kind of kept feeling like I was almost like a door holder at that time, just offering opportunities that were offered to me, but for some reason, that season I wasn't able to to do as fully while I was pursuing opening Angel Street. And you had a so family was, and children. Right, absolutely. And all it was just a season to yeah. kind of pass the torch a right. little bit. Yeah. And um, so that's kind of what started happening. She uh, auditioned for The Voice, which later um, got her to the stage of American Idol, where she participated in the farewell season. I'm using air quotes because it's not the farewell season. Uh, you obviously see sure, it again. Yeah, sure. They um, rebranded and took over. Um, but she that afforded her an amazing opportunity to pursue other um opportunities and she is now touring she started touring with uh, the newsboys uh maybe two years ago and through that opportunity and some other connections we were able to introduce her to the toby mack team and now she's the lead female vocalist touring all over with him and doing such a phenomenal job really just kind of stealing the and the for stage those for a of minute. you listening
2: that may not know toby mack he mm-hmm. is probably one of the most dynamic Christian music artist around. Really he's great. Boys also, but but Toby Mac is, uh, and it, it does a lot. Mm-hmm. Not just for his team, but he's he's very much in his concentric circles. Just keep going out as he's yes. touching a lot of people through his ministry and his music. Um, uh, tremendous. He's and,
4: wonderful, and he opens his platform to really develop artists and. Just other generations are always welcome to his stage. And I think that it's just a good, just a humble leader who has stood the test of time throughout this Absolutely. and has a, a thriving career because of that loose grip he has on his own Craft and he's just opening the doors and exploring opportunities. And Taryn is one of the lucky and blessed ones and too. She
2: is, I mean, one of the blessed ones because yeah. he looks at her as his lead vocalist at this point, female vocalist. And the thing and is a
4: super advocate for her new music coming out. And which is which? Well, she just launched her very first one through his label called Goatee Records. She got signed about a year and a half ago, and we are just now launching this past week her very first song with the label. Um, it's called "God with Us," and it's a beautiful beautiful song um, that is both worshipful, but also um, from her artistry that just is...
2: She was at Hope this past weekend. Moving
4: Hearts, yes. Yes,
2: and, and just uh, electrified the group. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that. Well,
4: it was just a, a cool place, Hope Church, um, I've been there for 20 years now on the Praise and Worship team, and um, our family's kind of been raised in the church there, and it's just a great place um, that is growing in diversity that... Um, really has a strong music presence and platform and uh, really great heart for worship, both on and off stage. And so it's just a neat... Way that the family of hope invited us to participate this past weekend with not just her song but also the Angel Street song. I will
2: talk about that
4: when yes. we come back. Okay, you all got right, because I mean Bookmark. so
2: much going on. If you are just tuned in, my guest is Jill Dyson. She is the founder and executive director of Angel Street Ministries, Angel Street Memphis. And I mean, you're talking about it's a the purpose is to empower young women to understand their value, discover their purpose, and become creative leaders and we're seeing so many ways that God has blessed them. When we come back, you're going to find out about a song that the young ladies of Angel Street have now recorded, and it was launched recently at Hope Church. It's now available. Well, I'm not going to say anything else about it. Mm -hmm. Let Jill talk about it. She'll be back in just a second. Stay with us, because you're listening to Talk Money, and I'm Jim Shoemaker.
1: Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
0: Neither Securian Financial Services, Inc. nor Shoemaker Financial are affiliated with Rusty Leonard, Stewardship Partners Investment Council, Inc., Jill Dyson, or Angel Street Ministries. The views and opinions expressed are those of Rusty Leonard only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securian Financial Services, Inc. or Shoemaker Financial.
1: And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Well, you know, the great thing about a ministry that you can see where God's working with it is to watch the young ladies that are involved with Angel Street and see how they get to be a participant, not just in the little choral choir at school or the choral choir at church, but how they begin to expand their circle and it gets to be broader and broader in their their magnitude of what they're doing. And this is what's going on at Angel Street. And uh, my guest is Jill Dyson. She's the founder and director of Angel Street Ministries here in Memphis, Tennessee, or Angel Street, Memphis, I guess I should say it right. I keep thinking, it's just, <laughs> I like it, Angel Street Ministries, but I understand it's <laughs> We Angel get called Street. that often. I'm sure you do. But, Jill, you guys, the group now, this is the ladies, the young girls, the ones that are part of the ministry, if you want to say, the ones that are participants from Mm -hmm. schools, they're coming in, you're mentoring them, and they have just done something that I think is astounding, Mm -hmm. just phenomenal. And I want you to tell us about it.
4: Well, we, we participated in a song. Uh, much of the staff and some of our outgoing participants were able to take part in this creative process of writing an original song. We've done it in the past with two other songs, Carry the Light and I Am Free. It's part of the mentoring process to proclaim these songs, to be you know, speaking positive and inspirational messages through the music that we learn. Um, and it just resonates. And it's part of the message of empowerment for the girls to understand their value and then... Um, become creative leaders throughout that process. Um, But part of that is also discovering their purpose. And so that's what we love to do through some of our active programming. Um, One of the Unique opportunities they get through a creative project like this is to get into the recording studio and take part in the professional I can't recording. This,
2: this this 16 year old girl mm-hmm. in North Memphis who's been thinking, oh, I'm in a group now, and now she's in the Grove in a in a recording studio yes. and recording their first released single.
4: It is wonderful. They um, have really. Taking a lot of ownership in the piece for a spring concert that's coming up um, on the 27th of this month, uh, which is just next Saturday. Uh, We will be doing a spring concert, which is a celebration. Just Love is our theme, which is our new song, uh, as you mentioned. You can find that actually. We we released it last week, performed it all weekend at Hope. Uh, But you can, anywhere music is sold or streamed, you can look it up. Just ask. Uh, Siri, or Alexa, <laughs> Alexa. to play yeah. Just Love by Angel Street, and you'll find it immediately. Um, it's just a really upbeat, positive message of a love response and justice um, that I believe uh, we are called to do, not just as believers, but also just as, as humans.
2: That's the name of the song is Just, just love. love. Just yes. Love, Just mm-hmm. Love, and uh, released by the young ladies at Angel Street. Uh, It was launched at Hope this past weekend. Now, let me say this again. The the spring concert Mm -hmm. is at Kingsbury High School. It's on April the 27th. That's next Saturday, not this coming Saturday, but the 27th at 4 o'clock.
4: That's right. And you can find more information on our website at AngelStreetMemphis.com to find out. And and follow us on Instagram and uh, Facebook to find out more information.
2: Jill, let's summarize. You have been in this ministry now for almost six years. Mm -hmm. This music has been your life, and I've known you a long time. It has been your life. Summarize what you do, and tell me how it's happening.
4: Well, we are just investing, investing into people and to leaders, which will change the dynamic and trajectory of our city, um, starting with youth that may not have the connectivity and um, advocacy that they need to develop into their full potential and so we we take that as a serious responsibility we are also very important uh, message that we like to convey is that we are partners we are not coming in to tell them you know the best practice of life we are actually partnering to expose the light that already exists in the neighborhoods and i think that's that's something that's different and our approach has been very successful in that we've earned a lot of great relationships with our school partners and and um knowing that that's our stance and and why we exist and what we do.
2: All right, I'm listening, and I'm thinking, this is a ministry that I could get involved in. How can... I know that... First of all, let me say this, and I and I want to make sure everybody listening, if you're interested in Angel Street, call Jill mm-hmm. or go to online. If you want to make a donation to Angel Street, it doesn't run off of food stamps or off of mm-hmm. uh, you know <laughs> postage stamps. Right. This is serious stuff. It needs the money. Bottom line, how can people get involved?
4: Book us for an event. Go to angelstreetmemphis.com. You'll see a booking... Button at the top. Uh, We love to exchange a a performance opportunity with a mentoring activity. So if you're having us to come in to perform, maybe offer an opportunity to learn about what it is that you do at your location. Um, And then also a donation button is always there too. It's hot pink, you can't miss it. It's give. And uh, we really thrive off of donations.
2: You know, let me just say this. This is a ministry you need to find out more about it, and you just want to do that. You've been listening, of course. I want to tell you this. The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. My guest, Jill Dyson, Executive Director and Founder of Angel Street. If you want to find out more about Angel Street, just simply go to jill at angelstreetmemphis.com. We hope you've enjoyed today's program as much as we've enjoyed giving it to you, and we always want to say thank you for listening. If you have questions for Talk Money, and send them to Talk Money at shoemakerfinancial.com to find today's program on podcast or past programs go to the iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial I'm Jim Shoemaker and you're listening to Talk Money Talk Money
0: is produced by Greg Ratliff guest and content coordination Francis Fordner Production assistant, Eleanor Moskowitz, Compliance officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Jim Shoemaker is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Security and Financial Services Inc., securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated.